Hello and welcome to Learning to Live the Life, the discussion podcast from Christchurch Downend, which is the Church of England Church in Bristol Diocese. I'm the Reverend Aidan Watson and in each of our episodes we look at a different aspect of Christian discipleship, hopefully helping you in your journey with Jesus. A few weeks ago I met up with the Reverend Dennis Adide uh, to talk about the topic of picking up our cross and following Jesus in particular with regards to the pandemics of COVID and also racial injustice. Dennis is a priest. He was originally born in Uganda, uh, but moved to London as a child, and he's now a vicar in the Church of England. And although I've been aware of Dennis for a long time, actually because we trained at the same college, actually we kind of got to know each other more last year uh, when I helped him produce some podcasts of his own uh, in the aftermath uh, of the protests that followed George Floyd's murder. I'll talk more about those podcasts at the end, uh, but for now, I just really want to encourage you to really, really listen uh, to some of the words he says. I've just finished editing our our podcast, and I felt like I was when we recorded it. I just felt so privileged to sit uh, and listen to this amazing man of God that Dennis is. Now, if you're the kind of person who takes notes, you might really want to kind of press pause, go grab some uh, paper and pen or write it down on your phone. If you're listening while you're doing the dishes or driving in a car, uh, you might want to at some point pause and rewind and listen to things again just to get uh, the most out of his words uh, and out of this discussion. Uh, But for now, let's quickly get into today's episode. So hello and welcome to Learning to Live the Life. I'm Aidan and I'm joined today by a very special guest. I have the Reverend Dennis Adide with me and we're going to be chatting about picking up our cross and following Jesus. Nice light-hearted topic for a, for a Wednesday morning when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dennis, um, I wonder just to start, can you maybe tell us a bit about yourself and who you are and what you do? I am about to turn 35 in the next couple of days because it's January for you guys listening. Um, I, uh, I lead a church, St. Stephen's and St. Thomas in Shepherd's Bush, uh, West London. It is coming up to the, the midpoint of my second year as incumbent. Um, I went straight in after curiosity and uh, I'm, I'm learning through COVID-19 how to be a leader in times of crisis and things like that. Um, the, the, the more life-giving part of me oh, oh, is that uh, I'm a dad of three kids, um, all of them under the age of six, uh, gorgeous little people. Uh, my wife is brilliant. She's incredible. Without her, we would starve. Um, and uh, we've been married for uh, coming up on 11 years um, this year. Amazing. So, yeah, that, that's Amazing. As, as, as fast as I can sum it up. That was that was brilliant, and uh, for those watching on the YouTube channel, they're probably doing the same thing I am, which is admiring your background. You've got a, a, a cracking stormtrooper there. Like, do, are you watching the Mandalorian? Just so you know, I am a Star Wars. Like, I love Star Wars. Um, on the other side of the mirror is a Mandalorian. Amazing. You, you can't see him because he's a soft. He's a soft Mandalorian. He's not hard like the stormtrooper. Yeah, <laughs> and then. He, Notice on the cover, on the just the little unit that's there. Is that um, a, is that a got, Millennium yeah, Falcon? Millennium Falcon. I've also got Old Trafford. I've also got Old Trafford. Oh, I can't always be good. 
and uh, my walking stick is right next to the stormtrooper for when I go on my little escapades when I retreat. So oh, that's my stick. I, I, I take with me. So Star Wars fiend, um, and uh, the mess in my study, as you can see, is as a result of three kids. <laughs> no, that's brilliant, and and it's considerably tidier than than mine is. I, I'm very deliberately having just leaving the blank wall behind, Skills, so that no see. one can judge me. For what's in the rest of the room. <laughs> are you are you going to tell them that you didn't tell me it was going to be televised? Yeah, I didn't tell you it was going to be televised. Okay. I apologise for that. I would have tidied up. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> um, so, yeah, you said you got to St. Stephen's and St. Thomas's. You've been there about 18 months. Yeah. Like, how how has this... What Where are you at as a church at the moment? Where's the journey been going? The St. Stephen's is probably... I'd say it's... It's typical of many um, traditional Anglican churches um, uh, approaching the sort of internet and uh, modern age sort of thing. Um, a lot of people uh, came to church fairly regularly and still do. Um, but I had someone, a longstanding member today, ask me, um, uh, why is it that God doesn't rescue Jesus from the cross? Um, and and those are, that, that's just an indicator of the journey we are on. Uh, we're going into scripture we're going into understanding our faith a bit more um, and some of the reasons for the traditions that we hold the rituals that we do are things that we're just exploring so it's a church that's um, a strong community but um, I, I, I don't think it's unfair to say it did not have the cross at the center of what kept us together and slowly that's that's making its way in um it it's not without its challenges uh leading a church i think um uh if i'm brutally honest had i known um what it would take uh, i probably would have gone to do some more training um in an associate role somewhere um but god always has better plans than than whatever plans we have and this has shaped me through some sandpaper into something better than I was when I started and I think that journey is still ongoing so yeah we're smack bang in the middle of Shepherd's Bush uh, you've got Westfields near us you've got Queen's Park Rangers near us we are uh, uh, in the sort of bottom 10% um, of depravity nationwide nationwide economic difficulty uh, that's exacerbated now by COVID and potentially will be made further by uh, Brexit if, if if things don't get sorted in a way that's favourable soon. Um, mixed community, wealth and poverty right next to each other. You've got really expensive houses. So you have one family in, in one townhouse and then four families in the townhouse right next to them. Um, you've got the new BBC, uh, uh, the old BBC building that's now accommodation bringing in an intake of a very different demographic of people. So St. Stephen's is also, I think, indicative of Shepherd's Bush, uh, trying to discover its identity in the new world, in the new space, in the, in the new economy, in the, you know, all, that, all that's going on. We're, we're trying to work out what it means to effectively yeah, do what you're suggesting here, pick up your cross and follow Jesus um, in the changing landscape, the changing landscape. Mm. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, we're, we're um, people will know as uh, notice as we're speaking and as we go through this episode. The reason why I've invited Dennis to be part of this is because just every conversation we have, 
I seem to want to follow Jesus a bit more and uh, I'm sure <laughs> your church are finding that um, even if that might be challenging at times I think that's that's always good and uh, people in from Christchurch will probably recognize some similarities you know in what you say about the kind of uh, well, you know rich well-off areas within mm. our parish and also some areas of really you know massive de- deprivation mm. um, so as we said we're talking about picking up your cross and following mm. Jesus and this is you know we've talked in, on this podcast about uh, that discipleship is it, it's not just a kind of oh boom you become a Christian and you're therefore you're a disciple and life becomes always easy sometimes mm. we are called to do things we're told to go on a bit of a you know a journey and, and put some effort in to follow mm. our, our I think and it's so worth it of course it's so worth it and God's grace is with us the whole way but just to start us off like when you hear the phrase pick up your cross and follow Jesus what does that say to you at the moment where you're at in life so I don't know how to the best way to sort of explain it is um if you're not a Christian if you're if you've, if you've never met this Jesus character, either in the stories or personally, um, this world is your home. Um, you're used to it. This is, this is all that you have. It's all you've got. Um, and there is a dissatisfaction with that. That's the, that most people, uh, to some level, are able to articulate and understand. So, so you're in a home you don't like. Does that, does that make sense? <laughs> uh, you're kind of like, okay, uh, a lot's going on. All of this is happening. I can't depend on government like I used to. I can't depend on my job like I used to, especially now with the, what's it called, COVID-19. Even my health, I'm not as certain about, you know, putting my, my hope in that. Um, so this is your home, but you don't like it. When you turn to Jesus, um, what's been taught all along is that somehow you get awash with this sort of thing that makes it all peace, fine and dandy and lovely and roses and flowers <laughs> and birds sing and they help you do the dishes. Um, but the reality is actually you change, you change citizenship. You're no longer of this world. You're of another world. And all the dissatisfactions of the world that we're in make sense because um the, the the kingdom of god is not here yet it's near um what how that translates into into the cross bit is um you are now living in exile until jesus returns and so that comes with a discomfort and that's the bit of the discipleship that's the bit of following jesus that is tough he says uh, foxes are foxholes where does the son of man rest his head you know um that is a clear clear message to anybody who wants to follow jesus that in reality there's going to be a big discomfort here because one of the hallmarks of being a christian is not external peace and internal turmoil like the world wants you to believe it's it's internal peace in the space of external turmoil that's why they (laughs) call it peace that passes understanding so Picking up your cross literally looks like knowing exactly why you're going to endure that difficult thing that you're going to endure, knowing exactly why you're going to choose that difficult path that you're going to choose, why you're going to follow God through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you see what I mean? Um, uh, and, and doing that because you're clear of the citizenship uh, for, for where you belong. So that, that's, that's my sort of theology of it. In practice, I just think love, love asks of you, love asks of you plenty, love Mm. asks you to give more than you receive, 
Um, and that's so alien to, to our world, which is very much me-centered um, uh, and weighs things in balance. I'll only give as much as I'm receiving, you know? And, and for me, the challenge has been to enter that space of um, sharing all of who I am uh, as readily as God shares of all, all of who he is with me. I don't know if that makes sense. I hope uh, it does. Of course that makes sense. That's, that's cracking. And it's the, um, yeah, it's the challenge that comes with it. Mm. It's, I think it's easier to go by sometimes and mm. just go, oh, I'm loved. Great. Mm. <laughs> not, and not ask the question, I'm loved, so what? You know, mm. and, and what is love calling me to do? I think that's a really mm. good that's a really good way to kind of think about that because that, that 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 point is always is always it's a pinch it's in a practical sense you just had a, a bit of a light or even a heavy argument with the person you live with um and you go to make a cup of tea yeah love will always ask you to check whether they want a cup of tea <laughs> you know i mean and that's at that point that is picking you across the moment you go okay i don't feel like loving see what i mean yeah. but love is asking me to do love despite how i feel you know that's picking up your cross as much as um uh picking up an actual cross and carrying it around your town on easter day or something like that the, the good friday would be i don't know if that makes sense i think it no, definitely definitely like i mean i know you've you, this is a public podcast and anyone can listen to it and hopefully you know maybe people from your church might listen to it mm. but um I wonder, can you like kind of apply that to where your church, you were talking a bit about the kind of journey that your church is going on. Mm. Can you, yeah, what, what, how does this question pick up your cross and follow Jesus? How is that? How can you see that? And maybe some stories or some things that are going on in your experience at the moment in your church? Um, uh, so I'll, I'll do the generic and then kind of zone it in. Um, uh, culture here had been you go to church on a Sunday and uh, it's not the first church I've been in where a good amount of people who are accustomed to the ritual, mm -hmm. uh, you come to church on Sunday, you go through the liturgy, there's points where you're quiet and then you come up, you receive communion and then you go home. Um, a good chunk of the people um, uh, hadn't developed that sense of a relationship with God that, that is bigger than Sunday. Mm. So the building, the building, has massive importance, massive importance for people. And so one of the challenges I faced was uh, when I came to talk about mission and the building as a, as a anchor for mission, as a, as a gift for mission, um, to, to open the space up, there's 12,000 plus people who live in our little square mile parish. Um, and we have 120 who come to our church on a Sunday um, it makes no sense to have one service. It makes no sense. That's missionally not working because we'll fill the building up, but then we'll only serve the 120 and never worry about the, the lost sheep, so to speak. And so um, we had that as a sticking point early on. Then came COVID. And what COVID did was um, everybody had to leave the building. <laughs> everybody had to leave the building absolutely everybody had to leave the building and they we were forced to leave the building just at the point where we'd now done our journey through the old testament we were teaching the things that jesus taught and we're about to start to teach the reasons why jesus died and so you you we left the building 
and started the, the journey towards Easter, towards uh, the death of Christ and the reason for his death. And not being in the building meant the conversation on what it means to follow Jesus was so real because for all those for whom the building was a major factor in their faith, we now have to do faith without the building. Um, and, and the cross took more prominence. Um, it was a horrendous gift to receive, but what a gift to be teaching about the death and resurrection of Jesus at the height of the first peak. You know, like literally every day you're 800, 900 people dying. Um, and folks are asking, where is God in this? And I'm going, look, right here, right here. This is where he is. Just here. I mean, mm. going to that place where all these people are going mm. and making sure that its sting doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work anymore. You know, he's right there in the middle. And when they die, that's, where, who, that's who they'll meet. Just here. I mean, the one who has conquered this very thing that we're all in terror of. And it's because of that you can't lean on your building, but actually have to pick up your cross and walk daily and build this relationship. So um, that was that was the dialogue we needed to have as a community. And uh, it's put us, I think, in good stead for for uh, what we will look at as we start the gentle returns into the church building. And as we look towards what the next sort of five, 10, 15 years of, of worshipping and, and mission are going to look like here you say that what we were talking earlier about how um when we're in this life we're in exile from our mm. eternal home in heaven and i wonder there's some parallel sometimes with that we were in exile from our church buildings and we mm. had to work out what does this cross thing mean to mm. us while we're in exile mm. both in this life but also in this season mm. and you know how god is calling us in our mm. discipleship in, in in that in that in this space and in, in, mm. in this time so that's kind of picking up our cross uh, and, and how, you know, we're journeying with this. But the, mm. that we've talked a lot about COVID. The other big kind of pandemic that we've become aware of this year has been kind of racial injustice. And I say that mm. phrase we've become aware of. I think the reality is the world's been aware of it and blind to it mm. or deliberately or not deliberately for, for a long time. Um, I'd love us to talk a bit more about that. You know, in Bristol here, we've had some... Uh, kind of worldwide news stories over the over the summer mm. um, I know you have a bit of experience you trained here in Bristol um, mm. like what's I uh, just to kind of to broach the subject of this like what's kind of mm. your experience of racial justice and injustice particularly with Bristol I wonder if you could talk a bit about your experiences here <laughs> uh, if I'm if I'm brutally honest uh, Bristol um, was quite an isolating place. I love Bristol. Don't get me wrong. If I had to choose somewhere to live, um, I'd choose Bristol. Uh, <laughs> I'd say probably in the whole in the whole country, Bristol would be the place where I'd love to live. I was quite sad when it became clear God was calling me back to London. Um, but um, Bristol, I think, felt a bit desensitized to its past. So where I would walk the docks and just because I'm a student of history, catch on to certain things. Um, no one I was walking with would really get it. Everybody mm. was charmed by the, the quaintness of the place. And it is a beautiful place. Like that bridge, that bridge you can see from, from, from up, I, I've forgotten the name, Clifton. The Clifton. Clifton's yeah, where you can see the river uh, coming in. Um, uh, it, it is a harrowing place to stand and, and observe 
the <laughs> the waters when you know the amount of people whose whose lives effectively were were lost um, uh, uh, on that way uh, as a result of that channel. So mm-hmm. um, I would walk down Black Boy Hill and White Ladies Road and and kind of just be staggered at what I was seeing um, uh, and and not hearing. And I'd say probably a reckoning with its past it was on the cards for Bristol for quite a while. And when I, and controversial to say, but when I saw the Coulson statue come down, I was one of those people who really celebrated it. Um, um, our college has got its own sort of history with this, uh, Trinity College. And um, I think it's going to be a fantastic thing to see that be uncovered and sort of looked into but yeah um uh, coming out of bristol i think i think the charm of the place uh and the way that the people have chosen to live alongside each other and with each other um gives it probably the best chance to to spearhead the journey forward um just because i think there's something about bristol about bristolians that's very open to each other um, that's very kind, uh, more so than you'd get in, in London. Um, uh, uh, and that gives us the best opportunity to really uh, follow the, 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 the waves of love to a way that creates a different uh, living environment. Um, but time will tell. Time will tell. I saw recently someone put Darth Vader on the plinth. I was so, <laughs> so, <I'm> so happy. <laughs> oh, that I was so happy about it. <laughs> that's amazing that that brings in all the kind of parts of our, st- our talk yeah, conversation yeah. so far, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I wonder if we talk about, when we talk about picking up our cross, mm. how is God calling the church uh, to pick up its cross regarding racial justice? I suppose the exile motif is probably the biggest one to start off from. Um, if If people think that they are home here, um, then they're not ready for the challenge of trying to act out of love um, regarding uh, racial inequality. Uh, and so you would be surprised by the discomfort that it takes to really engage in a robust dialogue, um, even with people of the same ethnicity as you, on the issue of race, which is absolutely essential. The conversation has got to happen. <laughs> um, and it's it's got to happen if you believe in this Jesus. You can't I don't think you can you can say I believe in Jesus and I'm, I'm a disciple of him and I follow him, but then shirk the dialogue in your house, shirk the dialogue with your close friends uh, about what they think on racial inequality and just work it out over the next five, maybe 10 years. Um, it can't be a short dialogue either. Um, now, my way of entering this conversation for most people sounds a bit weird, but bear with me. Simon of Cyrene, yeah? This is the guy who 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 just gets dragged off somewhere uh, yeah. to 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 help Jesus with the cross, yeah. He is the guy. He is the guy. He is the guy to sit and just chew on, especially on this idea of picking up your cross, because very quickly, he literally has to pick up the cross that's going to save him, <laughs> yeah? yeah. And I don't think he even understands half of what's going on. He just knows that I'm being forced to carry this cross. And this guy has probably stolen some stuff. Now I'm helping him. <laughs> and somewhere on the journey, it, it, it dawns on him that there's a lot more going on than, than meets the eye. 
this is the guy because in this guy you learn about what it means to share in the pain of someone else in the burden of someone else um uh while you learn about who they are and and pick up a bit more of who they are and even develop an empathy for for who they are simon's mm. the guy mm. so so it, in, in, in my headspace, talking about picking up your cross on the issue of racial justice, I'd be saying to folks, um, what do you do when it starts to get uncomfortable? What do you do when it starts to hurt a little bit? If you've not engaged with this before, when, it, when you meet it and it grates at you, what's, what, what are you going to do? Because you've got to map that out. You can't rely on instinct when you get there because instinct will try and solve that issue so you don't feel the pain of it anymore. But the reality is you need to allow it to grate at you because that's the scalpel that will form you into a deeper love. I've always said it before, probably not to you, but it's the water in the deepest wells that's the coolest and the sweetest. So um, you almost need to allow that digging to take place and do that work so you can get, you will love more if you mm. if you allow that to sort of grate at you and this is the cross bit the cross isn't it wasn't soft wood it wasn't sanded down um they were just gonna they were gonna they were gonna kill the people who they crucified <laughs> i don't think they worried about whether the nails were rusty do you see what i mean mm -hmm. um jesus would have been a carpenter so he would have been frustrated by the quality of the wood i'm i'm <laughs> sure of this you see what i mean yeah. um and and um you when you pick this up have got to be ready to commit to it when you are getting the what do you call those things that get into your your hands and then you have to pick them up with tweezers you, splinters splinters you have got to be ready for the splinters and you've got to be decided on what you're going to do when they start to come in mm. because a dialogue with someone who's experienced racial injustice will wound you um looking into the statistics on racial injustice will wound you it's going to happen it's going to happen um, but imagine Jesus, even in his resurrected body, still bears the wounds of the cross and the spear. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, so we're not told that the future that comes post-exile is one that doesn't allow us to carry some of these scars. They're mm. actually signs of glory. He, he, the, he, he, he uses them. Thomas is like, what's up? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yo, yo, put your fingers in. Give yeah. me some, give me some water. Watch it drop, kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Just you know I mean, the signs of glory. So whatever, whatever grates at you now, as you walk the road of justice in pursuit of it, mm. um, that becomes on your own flesh, in your own heart and mind, literally marks of glory. Things you share with your heavenly King. So that's where I am with it. You, you pick up the cross. It'll start off like Simon. You'll be confused. You'll be disorientated. It'll be frustrating. But if you linger enough to feel, to know the person whose cross you're sharing, um, then the marks begin to, 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 to be positive things for you. They begin yeah. to bear fruit in you. And the cross that you help carry becomes your salvation. Um, yeah. I thought so, there's so much in there. And I think... Yeah, the man who literally did it. Like, for those who are looking up, it's in Matthew uh, 27. Mm. The Simon of Cyrene, is, you know, it just gets named, named very briefly, doesn't it? But it says, like... He's, remember, he's in, he's in and gone. He's in and gone. And it just says, you know, he was compelled to mm. do something. And I think many people, you know, many people have been aware of racial injustice for a long time and have been working on this. But I think this year, or last year, as people listen... Yeah. 
um, six months ago, people felt that compulsion mm. in, in when it came to racial injustice. They felt compelled uh, to be involved. And I, um, my hope and my prayer is that, you know, as we go into 2021, that it wouldn't just be a, a fleeting moment. You know, Simon and Cyrene did something that lasted. It's in the pages. It's only a small thing, seemingly, but it's something that we're reading 2,000 years later. Mm. You know, we want people, we want people, and I, my prayer is that the church might feel that compulsion to to speak out on racial injustice, act out, act differently, act, you know, speak out for various things and pick up their cross. I want to pick up my cross uh, and be compelled and follow that compulsion and be willing, you know, to face those splinters and various things going on. So uh, can yeah, I just throw something in there, just, just briefly? Um, I'm both an optimist and a pessimist. I'm optimistic because God's, God's just brilliant. But I'm <laughs> pessimistic because human beings are human beings. So um, as I kind of probably heard me say in different settings, uh, I don't hold out hope for uh, the, the wave that kicked off stained mm-hmm. i don't i don't have that hope i really don't that's me personally um, can i also just well just what i was saying like i'll put a link in the description to that article you wrote six yeah. eight months ago whenever it was in may june time mm-hmm. um so people can have a read of it again because you mm-hmm. kind of talk a little bit about your feelings of like oh here we are again mm-hmm. but yeah um just to have maybe pause the listening and have a quick read of that and then come back to what Dennis <laughs> is going to say here <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um i'm 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 optimistic because the picture in Revelations is of Jesus on the throne. So, so that's, that's <laughs> going to happen. Do you get what I mean? And yeah. justice will come and all those who've been victims will sing hallelujah as God sort of does his thing. Um, but I'm also, I'm also optimistic for the small things, the very small things. I think every time um, the, 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 the bank is sort of eroded, I speak with met- metaphors, when the wave comes in, it erodes a bit of the bank you know it takes some of it away it brings something else in i think every wave is going to add to something of the narrative this has probably been the loudest one because of the our access to media and our interconnectedness at present um but i think as the waves go more people will see that this um let's put it this way if the world solves racial injustice um uh, without Jesus being at the center of it, I don't think the solution will last. Yeah. So, so this, far from socially thinking about it, is a call to the church to take seriously the call to repentance and metanoia, changing of your mind, being transformed by the renewal of your mind, um, and actually yield to the process um, uh, not just for ourselves, but so that we hand over to the generation, to the third and fourth and fifth, mm. a blessing rather than rather than a curse. So, so um, I think the church has a real big responsibility here mm. to say it is because God has said uh, that we are his children to serve each other, not to be equal with one another, but to be servants to one another which is a very different concept from what the world wants to do um to be servants to one another in love to wash each other's feet although we're kings and queens just here i mean Mm. to go to the stable to touch the leper like we've got to go there if the church goes there then it solves more than just the racial inequality Mm. but actually the, the issues that undergird 
all of that. So the call is bigger. And that's why I'm both optimistic and pessimistic because, um, and I'm saying pessimistic because I want, let's put it this way. If you're listening and you're angry at me for saying, I hold no hope for what people are going to do, you, you have got to prove me wrong. You have got to prove me wrong. You don't wait for anybody else. You have got to prove me wrong. Turn me into an optimist for what human beings are going to be like by demonstrating the change that you're saying is possible. So kind of bringing this, we've t talked about this, you know, massive issues and big kind of church on big scale. What do you say to a person, do you think, who came up to you and said, you know, I want to live out this calling. I want to, I want to mm. follow Jesus tomorrow, today and tomorrow and for the next five, 10, 15 years, as we we're talking mm. about, I want to pick up my cross. What's your kind of starting steps? What, what's your first thing you're, you're telling them to do or encouraging them to do? I'd say best choice you're making. <laughs> um, seriously, um, let's put it this way. The weight you have to pick up if you don't pick up the cross is heavier. It's heavier because the cross tells you who you are, where you came from, where you're going and what you're supposed to be doing in the meantime. It tells you all those four things. Without the cross, you're stuck. Where do you go for who you are? Dawkins is going to leave you dancing to the tune of DNA. There's no, there's no origin story. It doesn't tell you where you're going because entropy, you're just going to turn back to dust. That doesn't give you instructions on how to live in the meantime. You're lost. You're lost. Mm -hmm. That is a heavier burden to carry. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. the cross that says you are loved, valued, um, to die for, worth it all by the creator of the sun, the moon, and the stars, who knows you by name, numbered the, the hairs on your head, drew your fingerprints himself before the foundations of the world, yeah? And was willing to give you his breath, his life, and his Holy Spirit so that you could flourish in this life, even in exile, but then live the rest of eternity with him. That is a, that is a much better thing to hold. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> Does that make sense? So, yeah. so for me, I'm saying best decision mm -hmm. but you can't stop you've got to understand this this person who loves you he's written all this amazing a library full of love letters um like you've got to pick up the scriptures you've got to read them you read them even just to have them read not necessarily to to understand each line as you go do you know what i mean it's a lifelong story you're you're trying to comprehend an infinite being with your finite mind um, in this life, you won't get there. But I can guarantee you, if you get to the 2% mark, every evening will be filled with a hallelujah. Every evening. Do you know what I mean? And then the other side of it is the, the things that look like restraints are actually, they're actually ways to make you flourish. Mm -hmm. um, the things that look, they're ways to make you flourish. They're, they're ways to, to keep you within the 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 parameters of the design so that you're not in the space of um it's the wrong term but it's it's the only one i've got ab use you know you're 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 doing what you're supposed to be doing in order that you can be who you're supposed to be and we all know this um friendships need commitment relationships need commitment and commitment means actually deciding what's not going to be part of your way of being so that the intimacy that you develop 
has a has a nice house to live in and you're safe within that intimacy so so the cross is actually it's it's a it's a romance when you pick it up it's 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 forsaking all others you know with my body i honor you that's what it is that's what the cross looks like and it it it, it is a joyful journey when you are growing in love with the person for whom that love is calling you you know and that is the sun moon and star maker like it's not jeff from down the road <laughs> literally it literally is the person clothed in glory who will show you the surface of the sun like in due course he will show you take you back to the big bang in the beginning if that's what you want to see like that's we're, we're in exile for that do you know mm. what i mean <laughs> that's what's coming it's the sands the sun sitting on the throne like and everybody getting to know a bit more about him he opens his coat a bit you see the inner lining and it's just amazing and you're like oh my lord i did not anticipate that that would be the case but it's awesome <laughs> do you see what i mean like go look at the pictures from the hubble telescope if you just need a bit more help with this so um yeah picking up your cross it looks like it's heavy but I, i'm telling you that the alternative is much heavier to carry it is it is much more consuming it's much weightier and it doesn't lead you to life but leads you to death so mm. the choice to do this best choice of your life best choice i can't think of a better way to finish it finish where we started you know you pick up your cross so that you might have that inner peace in mm. a world of turmoil so yes mm. you're carrying this heavy burden but it's so much lighter mm. because of jesus and like he, he says it as well he says yeah. it yeah my, come all you are heavy laden i'll give you rest oh, and yeah. he's like my yoke you know? <laughs> <laughs> i'll be honest that's i i, I kind of that's what i thought that's where i got it from yeah <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> good in there he provides that kind of thing mm. dennis it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for likewise my friend it's likewise. been it's been a joy to speak to you i wonder could you pray for us and for people who are listening uh just to finish would that be okay um yeah, yeah i'm happy to do that happy to do that i'm also i'm also aware i didn't get to ask you any questions what well, do you want to um, do you want to ask me a question <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't thought of any um but That's fine. but but here here's a quick one yeah yeah um what does the the picking up of the cross look like for you right now aiden <laughs> for me i think for me, I think it is, I've talked a lot of it in our church about a, a kind of a day-to-day -day thing. Um, so every day, I think, I think the world can be a bit kind of overwhelming at the moment mm. with everything that's going on, the troubles in the world, the, the problems. And I've found a real use with Compline. Um, we've started doing Compline services at the church. We're not a particularly, you know, liturgical church, but we've started doing Compline every Sunday evening. And I found it as a really helpful reminder to stop each day to kind of put down my burdens and, and put, but then the next day start and go, right, what is Jesus calling me to do today? Mm -hmm. How is Jesus calling me to pick up my cross, you know, today? And it's a, it's a constant journey and it's, it's a way of kind of keeping going with something. Cause I, I wrote a, uh, people in our church will know I wrote a dissertation on racial justice and these questions we've been talking about. I talked about corporate repentance and the Church of England's response to colonialism, and I and I thought that was the end of my. <laughs> I thought that was the that was the conclusion of my studies. That was the finishing of my time as an ordination training. That was kind of the end of the journey on racial justice. I thought that was you know that had been a big part of my training, 
And the reality was, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. uh, that was just the beginning of the story. I feel a sense of calling to speak out and act out on justice mm-hmm. in the long run <laughs> for, for, you know, and, and it feels like what can I achieve in my little part of Bristol and in my life and all that kind of things. But actually the day to day, every day, every day getting up and just trying to follow this Jesus mm. and live out, you know, the challenges that come with that, maybe this taking some of the splinters that come mm. along the way. Um, that's what God is kind of calling me to do, to do in mm. my life at the moment. Uh, it's what, you know, and as our family <laughs> kind mm. of journeying with, with this Jesus and each day trying to <laughs> talk to people and, uh, and have conversations like this and mm. kind of equip people in their mm. own journeys with mm. uh, following Jesus and the reality with what that means, not just the mm. kind of comfortable side, you know, the comfortable half gospel sometimes, but mm. the truth that actually there is a, we, we are compelled by this mm. love to pick up our crosses mm. and follow him. So that's probably what that means for me. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. I'll pray then. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for um, who you will be and who you have been as well, Lord God. On the throne of heaven is such mercy and kindness and grace. Uh, you are the giver of peace. You, you have so much joy and you, you reign in majesty. Father, would you give each one of us a glimpse, just a glimpse of what's to come so that we may be filled with such hope, such hope that drives us to endure so we may reign with you, to stay faithful as you are faithful, to seek out love as you have sought us out in love. Your kingdom come, we ask. Uh, I pray, Lord, for those listening, that um, they may be encouraged and challenged uh, and uh, respond to grow in you. Uh, For creation, groans in wait to see your glory revealed in them in them send your spirit upon us um, strengthen guide heal restore so that we may resemble your son in jesus name amen amen so there we have it i really hope you've been blessed uh, by today's discussion If you did enjoy it or uh, you felt you benefited from it or you know someone perhaps who would benefit from it, then I'd really encourage you, please, please, please do share the podcast. We really want to get it out there to as many people as possible. You might be watching the podcast on the YouTube channel or perhaps you're listening on an app. Um, A reminder that you can find our podcast on the website, the church website, christchurchdownend.com forward slash podcast. Or you can listen on various apps like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and a few other places. Um, If you do listen on there, then press subscribe and you should get notified every time we release an episode. We really want to get the podcast out, as I said, as much as possible so that people can benefit from hearing from people like Dennis in this episode or uh, Diane and our young people last month, various things. As I said at the start, I helped Dennis to produce a podcast of his own uh, last summer with a guy called Richard Moy, who was his training vicar when he was a curate like me. And they had recorded four uh, discussions, really, around that were kind of recorded in response to the Black Lives Matter protests that happened last summer. Uh, And I really cannot highly recommend them enough. 
They were phenomenal discussion, phenomenal discussions. And if you've had your appetite whetted by some of the kind of content that we've talked about today, or maybe uh, other things, then do go check them out. I've put a link to those discussions uh, in the in the underneath this podcast or video. Uh, again, you can watch them on YouTube or listen on on a podcast app. Also, we really want to make our podcast a two-way discussion just a reminder about that and you can email us podcast at christchurchdownend.com or you can leave comments on youtube channels or or just send me a message in person or whatever it is speak to me in person we really want to make this a two-way discussion bring feedback bring your ideas that you want us to explore uh, we'd love to know that we had lots of feedback uh, particularly in regards to our last uh, our episode last month where we looked at youth work in the new normal. Loads of people were really blessed by that discussion. Likewise, we had uh, a lot of people writing and talking to me about uh, our, our, our bonus episode that we did, thinking about where are you, Lord, with regards to COVID. Now, as you know, if you're listening on the podcast app, each week we upload a Sunday sermon. Uh, we are, uh, upload our sermons to the podcast app, so you can you know re-listen to them or listen to them if you missed the Sunday service. Um, but I'm really excited about a sermon series we're about to do, called, we're calling Honest Questions. Uh, thank you so much to the people who responded to Paul Peterson's request for honest questions of God that you're asking at this time. And we're going to be starting a series on the 17th of January, looking at questions around suffering, is the Bible still relevant, or what has God been doing during this last season. And I'm really excited for it, and I hope you are as well. Uh, our next month's podcast will also be kind of in, tying into this thing and thinking about these honest questions that people are asking. But for now, take care. God bless. Have a really blessed new year. Bye-bye.